0: What a segue. Yeah. Holy shit. It's like you've been doing this for nearly a year.
1: <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Dollar coltman joined by Elliot Tanti and Braden Dollar coltman This is the final episode of the month of January 2021. Uh, this will come out on the I guess, the 31st, tomorrow, Monday. If you listen to this now, it's uh, the last day of January. Welcome to uh, almost the beginning of February. Boys, how you feeling? End of January. Uh, how are your resolutions doing? Have
2: they made it through a month? <laughs> uh Yeah. They, I mean, well, my resolution was hoping that the others turn things around. And after yesterday or two days ago now, um, the New Look lineups are giving me full faith that my New Year's resolution will come to fruition.
1: I'm not sure what you've contributed to that with your resolution, but I'm glad that you're finding some success <laughs> with that. I
2: think faith. I think that's okay. about it. Yeah.
1: All right. Elliot, uh are you just on a wing and a prayer, too, with your resolutions, or how's it going?
0: <laughs> no, I've been putting considerable time and energy into my resolutions this year. I'm uh, down a bunch of weight and uh, getting ready for hot boy summer.
1: Rock and roll. All right. Well, with that, let's get to it. Here's topic one. All right. Topic one. Uh, big weekend in sports. Big weekend Uh. uh just big weekend in general, but like, uh, lots, lots going on. And especially, uh, some of the things we've been following on this show, um, we got, uh, we got a good taste of, of what has continued to be a really exciting year, uh, I guess crossing over into 2021 and into 2022, but the really exciting uh, time of year for soccer Canada and the men's national team who are just, I mean, they're undefeated. They're on a roll. They, They, there is something special about this group of guys and it's starting to feel like, uh, the world cup could very, very possibly be a real thing for us next time. next time around the, the sun here in December next year, when they go to Qatar, it's just, it's so exciting to see how well this team has done. It It is no longer, um, sort of chance and luck. They are really good. They are playing really well and, and up against two big opponents, um, in the last week, of course, finishing Saturday Sunday with a, a very decisive two nothing victory over the very good USA. They will face, El Salvador on the second had to think there for a second, uh, to finish off this little grouping of games. And of course, I think back in March, I believe for the last grouping of games. So Canada looking really good atop the table, Kyle Lahren with a goal, um, at with a goal, just overall. Awesome. Awesome to see Elliot. You've been the, um, the loudest and most vocal, um, fan on this show, you know, you got us all revved up and excited for it. I know you were at Commonwealth Stadium or whatever it's called now uh, in Edmonton when they were there. Did you watch the games and moreover, how excited are you to see the continued success?
0: I did watch the games and, and I think this par- speaks to um, the popularity of, of the sport and the impact that it's having in that I chose to watch the Canada soccer game over the first divisional game in the NFL playoffs tonight. Uh, so I think that speaks to well, people vote with their eyes, right? And I think a lot of Canadians probably made a similar choice today, uh, at, at least in part. Um, no, I think it's very exciting for this team. I was just kind of looking up headlines before we, we chatted, Nick, because I knew we were going to talk about this. And this out of the New York Times. Um, Canada beats U.S. cementing a soccer power shift. Um, mm-hmm. It seems as though that something very special is happening here. Uh, People are recognizing that Canada is starting to emerge as the top soccer nation in this part of the world. Is that possible? Can you imagine saying that? That's crazy. That's very exciting. Um, And heck they win tonight two nothing decisive wing, maybe, maybe a little bit sloppy towards the end, but they got the second goal late, which really submitted things. And without their two best players, like Alfonso Davies is not playing, and they nope. still did this. Like you know, th- there's something here, boys, and uh, and I think a lot of people imagined something like this could be possible. You know, in five years when North America is actually hosting the World Cup, um, and that seemed to be what they were shooting towards. Uh, so not only is this uh, you know a form like them making their
2: goal, uh, but it's four years early, and that's outstanding.
1: Absolutely, Braden. Did you watch some of the game?
2: I watched a little bit of it, uh, after I returned home, the, the excitement is real. And like you're saying, just the, the, the way that we're seeing, uh, people, the popularity of the sport grow as well as just the team, the following of the team is really exciting not to put the cart before the horse, but it makes me wonder like how this team would actually fare in Qatar at the world cup against the likes of Argentina or Mexico or, or Portugal, these powerhouse well, soccer they played teams.
1: Mexico. <laughs> well,
2: they've, Yeah, that's right. But, you know, just do they, would they even stand a chance?
1: Well, I don't think it matters at this point. We got to get to the dance before we even have to have those questions. The truth is half the teams in the world cup are, are, you know, with a real shot at winning it, but getting to the world cup and having an opportunity, you never know what could happen. That's the truth yeah. and the reality of it. We've seen teams go on little runs and they're the epitome of a Cinderella story, but you know, Elliot's right. Even without Alfonso Davies, even with, you know, somewhat of a, a shorthanded team, they, they found ways to win both of these two games. they have got another game, as I said, on, on, I guess it's Wednesday, um, that they'll get an opportunity to, to to play El Salvador. They've only got four games left in this you know in this tournament if I'm correct. They've got this one against El Salvador and then three more in March. Um so really like the reality of it is is setting in here that they, you know, they haven't lost and and they've beaten now the the teams that Are right nipping at their heels, they beat Mexico, they beat USA, you know, so when you look at the table, those are the two teams they had to beat and they've beaten them both, which is phenomenal. Um, Now they get to play some good, but sort of, you know, teams that haven't had as much success, even throughout this tournament and uh, El Salvador, who is in six, they play, uh, they still have to play Costa Rica again, and Costa Rica's in fifth. And then they've got Jamaica and Panama. We've already seen them beat Panama recently, and, and obviously Jamaica you know, has only got one win so far in, in, in this qualifying tournament. So, you know, it, it, the path gets a little bit easier every step they take, and every step they take, they have yet to falter, which is phenomenal. Um, and I think that it's just really exciting. The big story for me coming out of this one, although obviously it was really exciting to see you know, then put two goals up and, and be able to do that. But when you actually look at, at how the game itself you know, came out, you know, they were outshot that like, you know, and I know soccer shots are a little bit different, but like 13 scoring chances for the, for the United States to the Canadians eight um, now shots on targets, a little bit different. They were about even, but possession wise, the United States maintained possession. Most of this game, they had a lot more opportunities. Um, It felt like they were pushing and Canada was just doing a really good job in the midfield and defensively, just sort of keeping those chances to the outside and then some phenomenal goaltending, some really big saves um, for Canada. Canada, so you know it's nice to see them yeah. win games um, that you know are contested, and and that was not an easy game that they were able to pull out a two nothing or two nil victory. And I guess um, to to stick to the correct football lingo, um, Elliot, for you, is it starting to feel like there th- this is a real thing, or like are you still? tempering your expectations or, 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 or nervous about the, the the next four games to come. I know John Herdman said in his press uh, availability post game, this is, they're, they're starting to believe as a team that, you know, this is a real, real reality now. And they're starting to let themselves get excited about what, what they've achieved. Are you excited in that way? Or are you going to hold on uh, and see what happens in March?
0: No, I think it's, uh, well, I'm very excited. I mean, I, I think that what people are saying is it seems like the 24 points, in mm. uh, the group stage is sort of what it's going to take to be in the top three to make it yeah. to Qatar. Canada's at 22.
1: Yeah. And so they're three right points there.
0: For a win. Right. So I, you know, I'm really excited. I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm booking my tickets to Qatar, but uh, the Canadian might, Canadians might is because I think that they're really, uh, they're really pushing. I, I, right in this question for me is, is really intriguing. Like where does Canada match up? against, you know, the other powerhouses or not the other powerhouses powerhouses, uh, in the the world. Right now, I'm just looking at the international rankings and Canada sits fourth, America 11th and Mexico 14.
2: Presumably,
0: you know, the Mexico game, I think, was a bit closer than the USA game today. Um, But presumably Canada's right up there. So when these rankings get shuffled again, we'll see where they end up. Um, mm-hmm. But 40 going on, you know, top 20, uh, you'd have to think, which is pretty remarkable, and and means that they'll be in games, and again, without their best players. So, yeah. you know, I think it's I, I think this is why you play the games and you do the World Cup qualifying. Uh, I think the, this Canadian team's proven that this is uh, uh, this is that they deserve to be there, and they're going to get an opportunity to see how they are against some of the greatest soccer powers in the world.
2: I think that momentum is a huge thing, you know, like you're talking about what John Herzman's talking about, which is just, they're starting to believe in themselves. And I think that that kind of confidence that continues to build only uh, snowballs and the moment. I mean, we know that momentum is huge in sport, whether or not it's, in the game or you know winning playoff rounds or series those kinds of things start to um compound and i think just the direction that this team's going the excitement around it all of these all of these great things are kind of coming together um to build a a, an amazing amount of momentum towards uh, the, uh, the world cup and for some of those players that are you know our top guys i don't think that i don't think playing on that stage is gonna you know give them the jitters that that we might think because Canada hasn't been there, you know, Davies is playing for one of the best teams in the world right now. So, uh, uh, you know, he's not everybody on that team, but his kind of, uh, his kind of leadership and, and, and confidence knowing that, uh, you know, just that this is possible is, is, I think, I think it will take them really far.
1: Well, and again, like I said, just getting to the show is the victory for this team. This is the first time that they've done this in so long. And as an opportunity, you know, I think a lot of people um, have been surprised uh, and and impressed. Um, And again, not just in this country, but around uh, North America. And now I think the world's starting to go, especially, you know, the, the, the people who are following soccer closely going, wow, Canada's really come a long way and they've done it quickly. And I, and I think, you know, We've said this a few times already on the show, but I, I think you can't have this conversation and not continue to discuss how amazing a, a leader and how amazing a coach John Herdman is and how important he is. I don't think there's a more important you know coaching figure right now in Canada, regardless of sport, regardless of team. Like You want to talk about a guy who has... Literally just had success Follow him everywhere yeah. he's gone, yeah. developed a program for the women that has found them success even post uh, his tenure, you know, they won the gold medal at the Olympics, at, in large part because of the, the, the program that he was the architect of. And, you know, no no credit should be taken away from the women who went out there and won those games and won that, that thing. But coaching in soccer is so important, especially at the international level, because you're pulling together players from all over the globe who are playing for club teams and all of that. And it's even harder, I think, in the men's side of it, just because of the global nature of the sport to be able to get these guys to commit to coming over for these games. And it really does feel like the commitment from these guys is at the highest level it's ever been. They their belief is at the highest level. And I think John Herdman deserves a lot of credit, if not all of it for for having, you know, built something really, really special. And if they find themselves in a couple months time, um, as Elliot said, you know, booking those tickets to Qatar, uh, you know, he should he, he deserves all the praise and all the all the credit. And, and I again, I, I'll stand by it. I think he's the best coaching, uh, best coach in Canada right now at any level of any sport. So it's phenomenal to see and, uh, you know, good for him. Any last thoughts, boys, before we, uh, we head to the other football?
2: Uh, not on John Herdman, uh, but, you know, if, you, if we did have time, we could talk about how Dave Tippett's coaching has been of great success too.
1: No, I think we'll leave that alone. <laughs> um, let's leave
2: it right there. That's good enough for me. That's topic one. All right. Let's go to topic two here. And as I teased off
1: of uh, the last topic, we are going to stick with football, but it's going to be the other football, American football in the NFL. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been following the playoffs and enjoying uh, just the dramatics of it the fireworks of it. We all joked about, along with everyone else, it felt like in the sports media world about the greatest weekend in the history of football uh and sort of the hyperbole of how great last weekend was well this weekend with the two games that were on the slate for sunday the championship games in the afc and nfc i mean they didn't disappoint we had fireworks right down to the end another overtime game um some surprising storylines and and i know that uh all three of us you know enjoyed the dramatics, and I'm sure most of America and North America who have been following this did. Um, let's start with the early game, which of course is the Cinderella story. And 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 wow, I mean, the Bengals are going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, the the lowly Bengals, who two years ago were the worst team in the league, drafted a quarterback and. I think they are living proof of how important a uh, one player can be for the fate of an organization. And Joe Burrow uh, has really demonstrated that it doesn't matter what Tigers uniform he's suiting up in, he is special. He's uh, one of this young crop of quarterbacks, and he's going to take his team all the way to the Super Bowl in his sophomore year. Um, the last Joe to do that was a man named Joe Montana. Um the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls previously. They were in Super Bowl 16 and Super Bowl 33. That was in an 81 and 88, but they lost them both. And here's the funny storyline, boys. They lost them both to the 49ers, who of course they will not be facing in a couple of weeks time, but they lost both those Super Bowls, so they are still as a franchise seeking their first championship. Wow. Any, uh, who wants to jump in here first on that Bengals victory in overtime? I mean, everyone crying and m- bemoaning how the overtime rules worked uh, against the Buffalo Bills last week has to start to question whether or not uh, maybe their takes were a little too spicy coming off that one. Because the truth is, if you can stop the offense, you can win it. The coin toss didn't determine this one. And uh, the other one just... I'll throw one more weird stat out at you. Did you know that we, we continue now because of the loss by the Chiefs to, to, to yet to have a team win back-to-back overtime games in the history of the NFL playoffs? No team has done it yet, and uh, Kansas City is no different. Mahomes and the Kansas City uh, team has to pack up early. The Bengals, Braden, they've been your team from day one. How excited no.
2: are you? Well, I'm excited, but I, I'm pretty sure if you look back, I, I did not think that they had Patrick Mahone's number. I don't think anybody did. That's what's so remarkable about this uh this game, but also just sport that there's you're never out of it. And uh I think Joe Burl did an incredible job coming back from down 16. Um, and it's not just Joe, like they've got a great receiving core. Jamar Chase, I'm going to continue to praise this rookie. I'd be likely win rookie of the year. Um, it's just, it's a great, it's a great team. And they, they surprised, they shocked the world. They shocked the world today. Elliot.
0: Yeah. What an outstanding game start to finish. Lots of really interesting stuff. It seemed like Kansas city sort of had a, had a handle after the second half. Uh, and then the Bengals, you know, and like you said, like, uh, Burrow just sort of found a way to dig out. I mean, there's a really important sequence of events, uh, in the third quarter where there's, they, the, uh, the Bengals kick a field goal and then immediately intercept the ball and come down for another seven points. And I think that that sort of was the moment where you could, you could, f- you felt the momentum flip and you felt like there was a sense of belief amongst the Bengals. And I thought that yeah. that was. Uh, and that can be so powerful uh, in football. And if games stay close, uh, what we've seen in the NFL is if games are close going into the last five minutes of a game, like within one score, anything can happen. And uh, I think, it, you know, that's where the Bengals got it to. I The only disappointing thing, it was funny you mentioned the OT off the start. The only thing that pissed me off about this game was that it went into overtime. Kansas City wins the coin toss. I just wanted them so badly to just go and score a touchdown and end the game right now because it may, might, that might have been the catalyst. That might have been the one too far where the NFL might have finally thought about changing the overtime rule. But instead, of course, uh, you know, as you said, the Bengals get a stop. Uh, on like the, uh, an outstanding defensive play, actually, uh, not by the person who intercepted the ball, but the guy that was covering the receiver uh, and, uh, and then managed to go down to the, uh, into the Kansas City zone and kick a field goal to win. Uh, and, and, you know, just an outstanding and great way to end uh, end a football game if you're not a Kansas City fan. I think uh, one of the things that keeps coming up and I think is really, really interesting is the emergence of maybe parity amongst the best teams in the NFL. Now that the, bra- you know, the new England sort of uh, Dynasty. time is over. Um, and, you know, you know, obviously he had another go with the Bucs last year, but it, you know, now that there's the overall best team has sort of disappeared or fallen back to the pack, you're seeing a real parody amongst teams and I think that's emblematic of the scores last week and then the scores this week too. And that's yeah. that's really I'd rather have that than oh yeah, I'm sure everybody would. So that's great for the sport.
1: Well, and what a I mean, as Elliot said, what a crazy game, right? Like Kansas City goes up 21-3 and then gives up 21 unanswered points. The Bengals are the first team in the Mahomes era to hold Kansas City to a field goal in the entire second half, including overtime. Um, so give their defense as much credit as their star quarterback, but their quarterback, as you said, just kept making plays and they were able to find ways to to hold them back. The other little uh, asterisk I'll add, because everyone has continued to talk about the, the, the great couple years we've had as tony romo as a as a color commentator and as a bit of an aficionado of announcing i gotta say multiple times there near the end of the game tony romo did that weird thing he's capable of doing where he anticipated what was going to happen before it happened i don't mean what play was going to be called but literally the scenario where at one point he said it'd be really bad if they fumbled the football here and Uh, That would be it. And the Bengals would win it. And right off of the next play, Mahomes fumbled the football. Luckily for them, you know, Kansas City was able to fall on it, but it was like he had just written it in the stars and it was destined to happen. And then three throws in overtime and the first two are nearly picked one like right out of his hands. And then Tony Romo said, you don't think he'll throw a third one like that, do you? Bang tip intercepted <laughs> and just like that the Bengals have control again and they, it, I mean it can it comes down to to kicking at the end like last weekend did and great job All by football by, for by, reason, by the hey? bangles oh there you go there you go ah. um let's jump to the other game really quickly because then we can talk about the matchup for the super bowl um obviously the la rams heavily favored um against the uh, the 49ers but the 49ers uh are really good um and i think took the Rams a little bit by surprise early on in this game and pushed them, pushed them, pushed them. And again, not a high scoring game It was 2017 in the end, but a game that came right down, um, to some really big plays by the Rams. They had, you know, a, a deficit to make up in, in the fourth quarter and they were able to score 13 unanswered points in the fourth to take the lead and win it by, by again, a field goal. Um, for me as I, you know, I picked the Rams last week, I said, um, I believe the Rams are the best team still in it and I, and not well, other than maybe Kansas city was at the time on paper, but I believe the Rams were destined to host the super bowl, which now they will. But, at the, but what I said, the most important thing for me was like for Matt Stafford, probably the most, de- one of the most decorated statistical quarterbacks who have never won a playoff game. He's won now three. Uh, with an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, and and how awesome is that for 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 him? Um, a team that was in the Super Bowl in 2018 and lost, so some redemption for a few of the guys that were on that roster, and obviously for Coach McVay. Um, watching that one, did you think that the Rams were going to be able to come back in the fourth, Elliot, or or, or were you thinking the 49ers had it had it uh, uh, had a bit more control?
0: No, I I mean I, I sort of saw the writing on the wall once the third. Quarter are going and you start to see the 49ers offense sort of sputter and this has been the challenge with this team and dare i say jimmy garoppolo since he's been there uh it th- there's an inability to close out games they needed probably what another touchdown in that second half and and they can't be caught right a so we're talking about a very different game they come out in the third and get a touchdown um or they get the first touchdown but they they just need another one and they're probably like it's, it's game over, it's iced, right? And just unable to do that. And and then, you know, so much of the NFL now, because the games are so close, comes down to what are you able to engineer with your offense in the two-minute drill? And the difference between the great quarterbacks and the good quarterbacks to middling quarterbacks is their ability to execute in the final four, you know, two minutes of a, of a game. And what you saw was... Matt Stafford have success and bring his team down and rally them and score. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo not to be able, not be able to do that and ultimately throw, you know, the game ending interception in like a horrific play. Just take the sack. Uh, yeah. Still got it down. I mean, he ends up 16 and 30, 16 for 30, you know, he threw two touchdowns, but obviously the game ending inter inter uh, interception. I just don't know that if you're a San Francisco team, this is symbolic of where you're at until you make a change at the QB position. Um, yeah.
1: That but up. again, giving giving the Rams full credit too. That we talked about how good a defense they are. They they made it really hard oh, yeah. on Garoppolo in that offense in the second half of that game. They really found a different gear and they pushed hard. Um and yeah, Matt Stafford did a great job engineering those drives, but when you've got you know, Cooper cop and cam Akers and Odell Beckham jr out there making plays for you. It, it, it becomes a lot easier um, to be able to turn a game around the 49ers. Just like you said, they didn't have anything uh, to, to meet that once, once the Rams got rolling and that, that defense, I mean, I watched you, you watched some of those plays late in that game when Garoppolo is scrambling and trying to just make stuff out of nothing. And I mean, you can't play that way against a juggernaut defense like what the Rams have. They're well coached, they they execute well, they're very disciplined. They're one of the best defenses when it comes to to
2: not giving up unforced penalties.
1: Uh and they're hard to beat. Brayden, what did you think uh as you watched that game?
2: I think I, I I think well you hit the nail on the head there just that this Rams defense when you've got Aaron Donald and Von Miller crashing down on you uh late in the game in your own zone, I mean yeah, you take the sack. Like that's, there's, you can't just toss the ball up like you did in the, in the, his own red zone. Like it's just, that's unacceptable. And I know that the pressure is so high that you're just trying to, and he saw, I mean, he saw a receiver downfield and it just not like that. I mean, it's unfortunate. We saw Pat Mahomes do that last year in the Super Bowl. It was like just those kinds of errors will end up having the results that they are, which is, which is an unfortunate ending to a 49er season. Uh, that that had really great success and uh you know it's unfortunate that it's very likely garoppolo won't be a 49er next year uh they they filled their quarterback position well hopefully their future quarterback position at trey lance last last uh last draft and we'll see what happens with him if that's the guy they end up saying you know turning the keys over to or not uh but i gotta yeah i just i think i mean i'm excited for the rams i'm really excited for their uh for that team to, to make it to the, their hometown Super Bowl, I think that's a really, really exciting narrative. Uh, but I feel, I really feel for these 49ers.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sort of like, I got a different take on this. I, I feel like we have different feelings about the game. Cause it sounds like you guys are saying, yeah, the Rams went out won this game. And I feel like I just watched a game where San Francisco lost that. that yeah. like,
2: oh, the no, that, they did. You know, no, they and, did. They like, turned like, that I, game all over.
0: Like, I think that, you know, LA's defense is LA's defense, but San Francisco's, like, they've got this by committee sort of approach that's been really successful and only not worked in the last two years because there's been they've been riddled with injuries. And when you try and do something by committee and you suffer a lot of injuries, then you're not as strong of a team. Like, they, they are a much better team than they, than they look. They don't have the Cooper Cups, of course, you know, um, but they've, they've got a team there. And it felt like they lost this game, that the, the, the Rams didn't necessarily win it.
2: No, I agree with that, with that turnover. That, this, the, like, the the way that that, they, I mean, the 49ers were about to kick a field goal to tie this game. We would go, to, go into over, another overtime and we would have had a, possibly a different result. But I, I do believe, I do agree with you that, that the Niners, you know, they, they lost this game. That was... Uh, I mean, they had a
0: third and two and a fourth and two, or well, they ended up kicking on four and two to get them into field goal range before the Rams went and, you know, scored that touchdown. The, they had an opportunity there and they missed it. They had numerous possessions in the, in the in the second half where they were close, but they just couldn't get it done. They gave it away. Yeah,
1: I think that's fair. I think the defense though for the Rams did have one disadvantage that they were working against in the sense that, you know, they didn't have a timeout left. So if they'd given the San Francisco the opportunity to march down the field, they weren't going to be able to stop them any other way. They had, they, you know, they'd made some decisions earlier in the game with some challenges, all of which they lost. <laughs> um, and I, I think they, took an early timeout after some, some personnel issues. But the truth is, as you say, I I, I think this game is a little bit, a little bit uh, harder to, to sort of say, did one team win it or lose it? There's a confluence of factors. I think the Rams pushed hard enough that the, the 49ers just sort of cracked a little bit under the pressure I think that's fair Um, and I don't think that uh, when they look back and at the 49ers will be very happy with their results really quickly here Elliot you want to go to the paper and let us know uh, how we did on our predictions other than
0: (laughs) I don't have the paper on me but I think I can do it by memory (laughs) so I was 0-2 because I took both the 49ers and the Kansas City yeah that's that, that was me, Jordan. I think you were two and oh, because you took the Rams and you took the Bengals because you were having fun with us. So, well, was, that, I? was yeah, I?
2: You listened back, you were, you were, was I, you were like devil's advocate. I'll take the other, team. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
0: of course. Someone had to take him, and yeah, uh, yeah Brandon, I think you were one and one, right? You went with the Rams and you went with Kansas City, yeah. So, NFL, wow. football, I know nothing about apparently, which it also explains my fantasy football. Uh,
1: Results this year as well too. Nice. Well, the Super Bowl is set for February 13th. It'll be the Bengals and uh, the Rams. We'll talk about it maybe next week as a proper preview of it because we've got the extra week off for the Pro Bowl, obviously. So we don't need to go too much into it. But just really quickly, now that we know the matchup, we won't do our predictions yet. We'll, we'll save that. We'll give ourselves a little bit of time. You know, see how Vegas comes out with some some lines before we make some decisions here. Um, But first, both fourth-place teams in their respective conferences, so that's kind of fun. A couple big storylines I think that will be part of the narrative throughout the the two-week lead-up here. The biggest one being we have two of the youngest coaches to ever meet each other in a Super Bowl, Sean McVay, who is 36, and Zach Taylor, who is 38. And Zach Taylor falls into the category of being a disciple of the Sean McVay coaching tree, having previously been one of his coordinators in L.A. So you've got this – you know the protege and 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 the savant storyline here with McVay, who a lot of people have sort of talked about as being this the catalyst of this new wave of young coaches. Along, you know, with both the other guys, uh, a couple of the other guys in in, in today's matchups, um, in Shanahan too, who is obviously very young. But Zach Taylor coming up against Sean McVeigh, any long range. Um, Things that you're excited about for this Super Bowl matchup. Obviously, the Rams get to host it. Um, Elliot, last thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I just think you know that piece is uh, an embodiment of what I think this is, which is a lot of really interesting stories in this matchup. I think you have Joe Burrow and his entire thing. I think he's the only he's now the only first overall draft pick quarterback to have gotten to a Super Bowl in his first in his second year or something weird like that there's there's some weird stat that way um similarly i mean the rams at home for you know that in and of itself is something unique uh they've basically sold the farm to get to this point so now it's about getting across the finish line um but you know i think the way that these two games ended with the Bengals winning their game and the rams being gifted their game i think it makes the line on this upcoming super bowl i think it's going to be a lot closer than than we think i think these two teams are going to come out more evenly matched when we think about it um and i think the vegas line is going to be a lot closer than many people would have anticipated with the Bengals making it to the
1: this i i love amazing. the history i love the history lessons here so let me just give you a quick uh, uh, amendment to what you just said, only because I, I, the minute you said it, I thought that's fascinating. Second-year quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. We have three winners and two players who have appeared but not won. Does anyone want to take a guess at the any of these players? So, two guys who were started Super Bowls but lost them in their second years, and three quarterbacks uh, who won Super Bowls in their second year without googling.
2: Yeah, I see but, you typing away there, Elliot. <laughs> uh how recent well like within the last 10 years yes okay. yes
1: uh one of them was in the last 10 Car- years oh, the other two are uh, not
2: carson wentz
1: nope
2: yeah he took the eagle oh he was injured he didn't yep. that. nick Foles won that yep uh,
1: think of a different bird
2: and for the record i first overall
0: draft picked quarterbacks to go Oh, to- all
1: right all right all right i thought you said second year that's very specific now. We're getting into. first <laughs> overall player in their second well, season with did blonde Jared Go- hair, was Jared Goff who played previously in a southern state university.
2: Um <laughs> I said no, what Jared
1: I- Goff doesn't count. <laughs> then he was not a second year player. Yeah. I I'll,
2: give you, the, I'll give you
1: the I'll give you the numbers. So the two guys who played but didn't win were Dan Marino, because obviously he never won a Super Bowl, and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And Hold on, I'll the 49ers. give you a head, 20, 20. All three of the guys that
0: won in their second year played this season.
1: That's true. All three of them did play this season. Two of them for the last time.
2: Uh Roethlisberger.
1: Yeah, Roethlisberger's one. Russell Wilson is number two ah, went with Seattle in his second year. Second year. Wow. And I'm gonna that leave was his the second year. One. I'm going to leave
2: the third one off the list because we're going to get back to it in topic three. All right. That's topic two for now. Okay, let's go to topic
1: three. Uh, I teased it a little bit out of that last one, just as I did in the first one. We're doing a lot of teasing today with these. Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl in his second year against the Rams, ironically. it is uh, It has been a, an interesting additional storyline this weekend in classic Tom Brady fashion to steal some headlines right on the Saturday before the championship matchups. He's not a part of Tom Brady announced, or did he announce he was retiring? Word came out saturday that he was retiring then there were some conflicting reports that he wasn't retiring including some reporting from his dad who maybe did or didn't know but it sounds like uh it has now been made official by the buccaneers and by brady's camp that tom brady is hanging up his cleats hanging up his helmet after an illustrious 22 season career 20 of them spent in new england two of them including a super bowl championship his first year with the buccaneers in tampa a seven time Super Bowl champion, uh, without question, because in some sports there's some, there's some question, but without question, the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not even close. He's been five time Super Bowl MVP, three time most valuable player in the NFL, maybe again this year, but it, you know, probably not. Two time NFL offensive player of the year. Um, he went to 15 Pro Bowls. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. It, And the truth is, at the end of the day, what really matters is the seven Super Bowls. He's appeared in, I believe, 10, um, nine or 10, correct me on that, Elliot, but at 44 years of age, you know, he probably could play another year, but I think a lot of people uh, feel it's probably better to watch someone leave when they are still impressing us and still surprising us than to have them sort of clunk out or, or, or heaven forbid, lose uh, their the end of their career on some bad injury that could happen when you're 44 years old in a league dominated right now by 20 year olds but Tom Brady is the goat. He walks away. We haven't had a goat retire in a while. You know, there's, the, there's a few, maybe that are coming up. If we want to have the argument about Jordan and LeBron, but there's no question for Tom Brady, Elliot. I know, um, you know, you, as I said, you are a resident NFL fan. How, how big or, or important um, was Tom Brady to, to the modern NFL from your perspective?
0: Oh, tough question. Um, I don't think it can be overstated. I think this new age that we're living in now with young dynamic quarterbacks on every team, uh, a pass first mentality, a sport that has changed its rules to protect the quarterback um, position is largely because of the impact that Tom Brady has had on the league, both from success. Uh, from a success perspective, but also just his personality and, and how he's done it for as long as that he he has. Um, I mean, just in terms of you know, I th- I felt that stat that you brought last week around all four of the remaining coaches in the uh, in last week's games uh, were younger than Tom Brady himself yeah. was to me just just it's so both illuminating, impressive. And sort of speaks to what a remarkable sort of influence and player he's been in the NFL. Um, And I think, you know, when you when you think about if there was any doubt that was erased last year when he went to a completely different team and won another Super Bowl. And, uh, and I think to do that and to demonstrate that ability and to get away from, well, he, it was cause he always had Belichick and that's why he won to be able to avoid that. I think was, uh, uh, to be able to, to stamp out that, you know, was sort of the final nail in the coffin of Tom Brady as the greatest ever. And, and I think that speaks to his, uh, to him is i mean it's it, it's just remarkable what he's done regardless of whether you love him or hate him and i think he is probably the, also the most polarizing figure in in in, in football um uh, if not one of the many um you can't understate the importance that he's had in the lot in his career
1: brady
2: thoughts well, on brady I, uh, yeah he, you said the greatest quarterback of all time just to correct he, he is the greatest football player american football player mm-hmm. of all time mm-hmm. i think That's i think right. when you look at you know, when you mentioned James and Jordan, there there is a there is a debate between generations of who the greatest of all time is. I don't think there's a debate really here between different generations of the sport of who the greatest impact and 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 player is, and and that will forever, well, I should say forever, but right now, indefinitely, be Tom Brady, um, the what he's done, and and you know, Elliot spoke to his personality and the way that he went about things he always did things on his terms. You know, it was, I mean, beyond getting drafted in the sixth round, he, he conducted himself in a way that was, you know, it was a winning mentality. It was, it was, it was also, you know, humble when he needed to be. And he was a a killer when he also needed to be inflated balls, potentially like he, he did everything on his, on his own, uh, on his own terms. And I think, I think that's to be, um, uh, to be recognized and, and yeah, I just, it's a great illustrious career. There have been reports that this might not actually be on his terms, that he hasn't made up a decision. He hasn't decided whether or not he's retiring. Um, But regardless, I mean, let the parade start now. If he retires five years from now, I think that this guy's um, an amazing career and it should be celebrated. Celebrated absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. He's the greatest of all time. Period. End of conversation. And it's not even close. You know, uh, there's a few, you know, different goats we look to. Gretzky being one for a sport we're all very close to. And you know, there's a couple of those records that Gretzky holds that you go. Those probably aren't being touched. Ovechkin might catch him in goals, but do you know that if you remove all of Gretzky's goals? His assists alone are more points than any other player in the history of the league. He's still the greatest of all time with just his assists. Well, here's some of Tom Brady's craziest statistics for you. And some of these are kind of weird, but he has seven Super Bowl wins, as I mentioned. That's more than any franchise. There is not a, a franchise in the league that has seven Super Bowl wins, which also means that his uh, the, the, the only team... Um, that's appeared in 10 Super Bowls, which is the number he is, is the New England Patriots. No other team has as many appearances as him, except for one of the teams he played for. Um, There are only three teams in the entire NFL who have more playoff wins as a franchise than he does as an individual, which is insane. Uh, He's won more playoff games um, than 13 of the franchises have even appeared in. Uh, he's a Super Bowl all-time leader in completions, yards, and touchdowns, and it's really not even close. He's two thousand more yards ahead um, in that category. He's ten more passing touchdowns than any player, and he's twenty-one ahead um, uh, in completions. Uh, and and here's a, a, another one about the longevity of it. No other quarterback has ever played in a Super Bowl past forty. He played in three past 40. So the longevity of his career, I think also goes to part of his legacy. He, he not only as Elliot said, sort of defined the generation as quarterbacks and look, it was him and Manning and there was all these comparisons, but the truth is he outlasted every one of his contemporaries. He continued to evolve. You know, at at one point he completely redeveloped and rebuilt his body to be able to last longer, to be able to basically turn himself into a cyborg. He's probably in better shape than some of the guys he's playing with right now who are half his age. He's played been 18% of all Super Bowls ever played. I mean, it's insane. These numbers and statistics will go on and on. And these records are very unlikely to be touched by players just because as Elliot also brought up in a previous topic, there's more and more parody. I think, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady dominated the NFL with those Patriots for over a decade uh, in a way that I'm not sure we're going to see again for a while. We've already seen that, you know, a team like Mahomes and these chiefs who have been to four straight championships. They're still not even able to sort of close the deal every single year. They, there are teams who are pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And Brady with those Patriots, it was like a sure thing. We all, we always joked about it, but it's like when Tom, you give Tom Brady the ball with two minutes left on the clock, you're losing. It's just the reality of it. He always found a way to make it work. Um, always found a way to win. He's, I think the most iconic American athlete of the century. Um, yeah. The greatest of all time, not even close. And I, and, and, and is it sad to see him go? I don't know. It, it feels a little overdue, but he always said he wanted to play to 45 and he basically did. So give him full credit.
2: Who knows he could pull a Brett Favre and we'll see him for another five years. Well, this is the thing, right? Like his, at the start of the season,
0: there was this joke where him and Gronk did some like thing for, uh the Buccaneers and he made a joke about playing for four or five more years and people said well he could like there's no there's been no real decline and even this year the only decline was maybe they didn't get the results that they wanted from a uh, a playoff standpoint but I mean they still made it to divisional finals they were still you know first in their division the, the question I think that I I don't know that decision has been made and it seems like the the media is sort of up in the no one's really confirmed it and and as you said it will be on his terms and that's that that's how it is the the question is Tampa Bay sort of got to like remake its entire roster and I don't think he wants to play on a bad team so I think that that's some of this is that he might not become coming bu- back as a Buccaneer but I'm not sure he's done I don't know maybe I'm wrong
2: well he's from uh he is from California maybe the Niners uh take a stab at putting a championship run together. Tom, I, I don't know. Well, they were front. <laughs> they were contenders for him the last time around that
1: he chose. He chose to go play in Florida. So we'll see. I think it's a done deal. It sounds like it, it's been pretty well reported. I think it's very possible that it hasn't been confirmed because I think again, as Elliot said, he would like to do this on his own terms. And I think that this was the, the gun was jumped a little bit in terms of how this announcement may or may not be un un you know, sort of rolled out. Um, well. so, you know yeah. yeah
0: the one thing well, I, it, I, I think that yeah. he, he, he could be one of those situations too where he comes back and signs a one-day contract with new england to retire as a patriot i could see
1: maybe, that well. maybe.
2: i just I don't, don't understand so adam Schefter released this this uh initial report of him retiring but even like with all knowing that nothing's final or he's you know he hasn't confirmed or anything like that how is that even how is that even fair for the media to 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 do that I don't understand like then you're kind of just saying well maybe it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen
1: yeah I think it's been pretty it's not just Schefter but like most of the insiders have clearly had these conversations um it's. It, it seems like the Buccaneers have pretty much said as much. It's, it's you know, NF, the NFL itself put out a statement basically congratulating him on a great career. I don't think that all of those organizations that close to him would do that if they didn't truly believe this was the case but as i said i think there's speculation that maybe the way in which this was meant to be announced by the you know the tb12 team who again tom brady for the last four five, six, seven years even almost a decade has basically been his own media brand as well you know he's got tv shows he's got the, the the, the, the whole TB12 method and this whole branding that is setting him up for what will eventually be the next stage of his personal life and career. Uh, and it's very possible that there is some other version of an announcement um, that they're looking to do, you know, again, the decision. You know, they're, yeah, they're aware of the, 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 the shock value of it, but you know, it is what it is. I think it's pretty clear, whether it's today a week, a month, or even a year from now, Tom Brady's career Stands on its own. And I think that uh, to feel like it's coming to the end of it is definitely, you know, sort of the the, the changing of the guard, the shifting of the entire sort of gravitational pull of the NFL. There's all been about every it's Tom Brady and everybody else and has been for for a long time and everyone is compared to and everybody's contrasted to Tom Brady. And with him gone, there is a big void. There's a big shift in how. Uh, the NFL is covered and talked about in all of these things. And there'll be a lot of these young quarterbacks who were, we've enjoyed now for the last couple of weeks, of the playoffs showing how good they are. It's Josh Allen and Mahomes and Joe Burrows league, you know, um, uh, Matt Stafford's the old guy <laughs> when you look at it and, and some of these young guys, uh, even the guys who haven't yet found success, but are, are just dynamic and exciting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's really their league now. And it, and if Brady steps away as we think he has, then, you know, it, it, it truly is their league. So uh, I would say happy trails and hats off to the greatest of all time. You know, as Elliot said, love him or hate him. You can't, um, you can't deny that he was the greatest of all time. There's really not even a conversation. So, all right. Well, with that, another good week of, uh, of for us and another great week of football so we've got a week off from from the nfl schedule before the super bowl is a pro bowl but nobody watches that And there'll be lots of hockey to talk about and uh, coming up at the next weekend, we've got the Olympics. And I know there are some storylines that will be attached to that. Lots of controversy, lots of dramatics. Uh, We didn't get to talk about Claude or uh, Claude Julien breaking his ribs and not being able to coach the men's team. Um, So we'll, we'll get to all those storylines and more next weekend when we get into our sort of Olympic uh, kickoff, but um, uh, thank you both. And uh, thanks to everybody who watches our no watches. We're not a television show thanks to everybody who listens you could,
2: watch, listens. You could uh, watch the the image the you could watch it if you want you could watch the time go by as you listen you, could, right. you could you yeah, could yeah you're right you're Anything right it's right. possible just like kevin garnett said all right
1: with that let's leave it there thanks boys thanks uh thanks everybody for listening that's hatrick hatrick is a member of the ordinary podcasting network Produced every week by Jordan Diler-Coltman and Brayden Diler-Coltman. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
2: Thanks for listening. That was really helpful, Brayden. Thank you for that. You're (laughs) welcome. That's what I'm here for. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include... Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many Indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations,
0: Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked